listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. It has been way too long, and I have missed you so much. I imagine a lot of you have seen me, you know, fairly often, you know, on video, but I haven't gotten to see you. And so welcome. Uh, Welcome to all of you who are here today. Welcome to everyone who's online today. Uh, We're glad that we're together uh, in this new, unique way in which we are together. So we're continuing a new series that we started last week called Then Sings My Soul. And we're looking at various songs because songs have these kind of, this power to communicate and to move us, to connect with, with us in ways that are beyond simply our thoughts and words, but our emotions and our, our feelings. This song, and th- thank you to Carol so much uh, for that, that rendition of it. It was beautiful. The song, if I'm correct, came out in 1995. Joan Osborne is the uh, original artist. And I, I remember I was in my kind of last year of seminary at the time. And I, was both, I both loved the song, I was drawn to it, and it also made me a little nervous. You know, all that talk about God being like us or being a slob on a bus. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm like, I don't think you should talk about God that way. And the, the interesting thing about it is, is that I think that that idea that somehow uh, we shouldn't talk about God that way comes from a misconception about what humans are. Like we think that somehow being human is to be kind of corrupt, right? We take this idea that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God And we think that must mean, therefore, that we are kind of horrific things, these these evil kind of corrupt creatures. But when God created, God said, this is good. When God created humanity, he said, this is very good. God loves us. So I think part of it has to do with maybe redefining what we think it means to be human. And I think that could be helpful. This song had a recurrence of popularity a few years after, after its original release. It became the opening soundtrack for a TV show called Joan of Arcadia, which was a playoff of Joan of Arc. I, I'm not overly familiar with the show. I'm more familiar, actually, with Joan of Arc, who was a remarkable person who God, God spoke to her. She had this very existential faith. Like she would hear from God, she would have dreams and and visions, and she would kind of act based upon that. And in the TV show, uh, Joan of Arcadia, she gets met with people, and then the person will talk to her, and it's God kind of speaking through that person. Now, on one level, I think that sounds pretty mystical and a little paranormal, and but I like it because it's a TV show. But on another level, I think we often say this, right? If we're in need and someone provides for our need, we'll say that God has done something for us. 
I mean, have any of you either had this happen to you or you've known that it happened to someone else? They were in need and someone gave them money. Or they were in need and someone gave them some food. Or uh, they fixed their car. Or they provided something for them. And we say, praise the Lord. God has provided. Well, how has God provided? Well, a lot of the times, God provides through us. Scripture will say that we are the body of Christ. And so as we respond to the nudging and the calling of God to do what's right in our, with our families, with our communities, right? That is God kind of working through us. We become the hands and feet, literally the body of Christ, right? That's at work. So Alexander Pope wrote a poem he was, a, he was a marvelous poet. But one of his poems contains this line that's often quoted. It says, To err is human, but to forgive divine. Now, you might think that that kind of fits into the idea that humans are completely and utterly kind of corrupt and can do no good, and God is the one who has to forgive them. But that's not exactly what Pope is saying. Pope is saying, yes, it is, it is part of what it means to be human is to make mistakes. We are finite. We have limitations. But the first humans in Genesis, Adam and Eve, were also finite. They also had limitations. They, they weren't infinite. They weren't God. They were creation. They didn't know everything. In fact, there's a lot of things they didn't know, right? They couldn't do everything. They weren't all-powerful. They weren't, they weren't omnipresent. They weren't everywhere, right? So they, they were human, right? <clears throat> so it's not so much that to err is human. We all make mistakes. But what Pope is saying in his poem is that to, get, to forgive is divine, and he's calling humanity to behave that way. You see, the church came to the conclusion, eventually, <laughs> that Jesus was the fullness of humanity. Well, you say that Jesus is fully divine and Jesus is fully human. And when we talk about the humanity of Jesus, it seems like a, a difficult subject to get our minds around because we know who we are. We know the types of mistakes that we make. And we think that Jesus must not be like that. And so we kind of discount Jesus' humanity and we focus, rather, on Jesus' divinity. Doing that, though, is a precarious activity because in, in the biblical books of 1 John and 2 John, it says that the one who denies Jesus' humanity speaks with the spirit of Antichrist. That to, to say that Jesus isn't human to not to embrace the humanity of Jesus, is to be anti-Christ. Early in the church, there was this belief that somehow all things that were, were physical, were temporal, were also evil, like our desires and our, our bodies, the, the, thi the things of the world, things that, you know, things that were made of matter. And that somehow we were going to leave all that behind and become these kind of spiritual beings. 
But, that, but the early church rejected that idea, right? They embraced the idea that our good God was the creator and that God made a good creation and that God came in the flesh as a human. And not only did Jesus come as a human, but after his death, it wasn't like his death just paid our debt and then he went on to be with the Lord like anyone else you might have known who was a Christian and died, right? Jesus didn't just go to heaven when he died. There was a resurrection of the body. Jesus coming out of the tomb is an affirmation of the goodness of creation. That, that what it means to be human. So Jesus didn't come so we could become angelic. Jesus came so we could be human in the fullness of our humanity. One way to think about this, I, I know it's kind of a complex topic, and how, how are we supposed to think or act based on this? It's sometimes when we're talking about things that are difficult to define, and certainly God would fit into that category, um, it's sometimes helpful if we think about what it's not. So Paul will do this some in 1 Corinthians 13 when he's talking about love. He says what love is. It's, it's patient and it's kind. But then he'll also tell us what love is not. It's not rude. It's not boastful. This kind of via negativa, right? It's a negative way of describing something by saying what it's not. So let's think about that in terms of humanity. So you know the, the, the word inhumane, like an inhumane treatment of animals, we'll say. If, there's an in, if somebody's guilty of inhumane treatment of animals, what have they done to their animals? They've neglected them. They haven't fed them. They've perhaps even abused them, beaten them, right? We call that an inhumane treatment of some, something or someone because a human treatment of them would be to care for them, to love them, to meet their needs, to treat them kind of in a valuable way. I'd like to, uh, if you have your Bibles, um, whether here or if you're uh, watching digitally, or if, if you're watching this sometime later today or later in the week, if you're watching the recording, right? You can turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, and I'm reading from the NRSV. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. Little children, you are from God and have conquered them, for the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. 
Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. From this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. When we deny the humanity of Jesus, right, we do that not just in some kind of spiritual or kind of theological way, but when we engage in kind of inhumane activity, we are, we are denying the value, the goodness of God's creation, and in particular, the goodness of God's kind of crown of creation, humanity. And in these days, there is a lot of inhumane treatment of one another. So I know we're broadcasting this on Facebook, and I believe we're also doing it on YouTube. But those social media outlets are not always the most humane treatment of people. You know this, right? You get on your social media, and you see a lot of inhumane treatment of people. They, they don't have the right politics. They, they don't have the right um, kind of perception on, on the country or on each other. We are participating in a spirit of antichrist when we engage in such inhumane activity. Like, what it means to embrace Christ is to embrace Christ in the other. I quote it all the time. I just can't get away from it. I mean, maybe, a, you know, stick around here at the church another decade or so, and maybe the Lord will impress another passage of Scripture on me that I quote all the time. But right now, the passage of Scripture that I've been living with for a while, and it seems like I'm going to continue to live with for a good bit yet, is out of Matthew 25, where Jesus says, When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was sick, you cared for me. And when I was a prisoner, you came to visit me. And they'll say, Lord, when were you naked? <laughs> when were you in prison? And he says, when you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. So we carry that responsibility. Somehow, in the midst of our current context, we have to find a way to navigate between these polar extremes and advocate for the goodness of people. What's, what's best for people? Right? We have to find a way to resist the temptation of making everything political and ideological and, and care for, for people's wholeness, for their health, for their bodies, for how their bodies get treated. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we've, uh, this local body, this church, has joined with another 20-plus churches in Polk County. And some of those churches are Missionary Baptist, and some of them are African and Methodist Episcopal. Some are Presbyterian. Some are Methodist. Some are Pentecostal. Some are whatever Oasis is. 
But it cuts across all those various expressions. And what we share in common is we want the common good. What we share in common is that we want to resist the inhumane treatment of humans. We don't want to be inhumane as we treat humans because that's not a human way to be. The question about Jesus is not, is Jesus human like us, as though we're the standard of humanity, but are we like Christ? If to deny Jesus came in the flesh is to speak with the spirit of Antichrist, it means that Jesus came in the flesh, that Jesus was human. And it's when we are like Christ that we are most human. Like, we fulfill our humanity in our love and service to Christ so that we are filled with the Spirit. It results in our love for others and our actions toward them and with them. And in that activity, in that life, we find that we are more and more like Christ and we are more and more the human God has made us to be. So we all participate in humanity. But we are the one sole expression of humanity that will ever be. Like there's never going to be another Fred Blind. Happy birthday, brother. That's it, right? So we all have our birthday. We all have this time. This is us. This is it. This is, I'm the one and only Robbie Waddell. I mean, there might be somebody else named Robbie Waddell. But that's not me. And this is my shot. My shot to follow Christ. My shot to love others. So, I realize in the more kind of suburban area that we live in, a lot of us might not find ourselves on a city bus. But we might find ourselves on an aisle at Winn-Dixie or at Publix or at Walmart. We'll find ourselves sitting in traffic. We'll find ourselves, uh, maybe some of us, kind of going to a restaurant. We find ourselves at work. Even when we find ourselves online, right, in our digital spaces. Let's, let's lean into humane treatments of others. Because I do believe that that is an outcome of embracing the humanity of Jesus Christ. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.